This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. We are switching gears now, and we are turning to one of our trusted contributors with the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Pharmacist John Papasturgio is here to make sure that you do not get in trouble by taking multiple medications, which is something a lot of Zoomers have to do. So if you're taking over-the-counter products, vitamins, or supplements, it's important to know that these therapies may interact with your prescription medications. So, John, thank you for joining us. It's great to be back. Uh, It's an important topic, I think. It's something we deal with in pharmacy almost every day. But we know, you know, when you think of the Zoomers, uh, seniors in general, uh, 30% of them are are taking over five medications. I know. it's, it's, It's quite shocking. And probably those five, you know, a lot of times when people take over-the-counter things or so-called natural things, they think they don't even count. No, they don't count those at all. Yeah, those are those are extras, I think. When when we say five meds, those are their prescribed meds. And then when you add in the herbals, homeopathic products, OTCs, we've got, you know, a ton of medications there that potentially could interact and cause problems. And, and really, it's the pharmacist's job to, to try to prevent that. Okay, but the pharmacist has to know. I'm going to give out the numbers uh, so you can call and ask John, well, if you have any questions about your pharmaceuticals, but also uh, if you're taking a combination of things, uh, he can help you manage with that. The number is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 866 740 and John, what are some of the common drug interactions? Yeah, when I think of, you know, the common over-the-counter ones, let's start with that because we'll start with over-the-counter and then talk a little bit about the herbal products. But one of the ones that gets people in trouble is kind of the anti-inflammatory things like Advil, naproxen, uh, aspirin. Those are available over-the-counter. People could go self-select them. But they can potentially interact not only with each other, which I have many patients that take both at the same time. They shouldn't be doing that. They should talk to their pharmacist, but also with other prescription medications, right? Uh, Things like warfarin, which is an anticoagulant that many patients will take uh, for AFib or post-stroke or whatever, Um, uh, oral steroids that they may be taking, uh, um, you know, prescription anti-inflammatories. And that's one of the common ones. Like your doctor will prescribe you something stronger than that's available over the counter, but I'll find patients uh, say, oh, it's not working, so I'm just going to buy something else. But in reality, they're, they're taking the same class and they're overdosing, right? And there could be consequences on your kidneys, you know, on your stomach. Uh, and uh, and uh, certainly, I mean, you know, I know that um, even if you're going to have some kind of procedure, they tell you like no Advil the week right. before because your blood has to coagulate and these things, you know, make your blood thin out. Yeah, they make it thin and, and that's the problem if you're going in for surgery. You don't want to increase your risk for bleeding, right? Uh, that's very important. Another common one that I find gets implicated in these drug interactions is Benadryl, over-the-counter. So, 
you know, people will take it for allergic reactions, kind of allergy season, this and that. But Benadryl is an older um, kind of agent, and it can't cause some sedation, right? So if you're taking other things like uh, oral opioids for pain, sedatives, uh, anticholinergic drugs, even some of the inhalers, you want to try to avoid the Benadryl, right? Um, or or take it uh, uh, sparingly or appropriately. And that, that's one of kind of the other problems. I, I find people say, oh, I bought this Benadryl, but... You know, it knocked me right out. And then when I look at their other medications, you think you see they're on three or four other things that could cause the same problem. So what are other things other than Benadryl? I know that it's really good, um, you know, for instance, if you get a sting, it's probably the best thing to take. Yeah, like if, if someone's having a real bad allergic reaction... If that's the agent we go to. You take Benadryl and, and we'll, we'll use it, you know, appropriately and it works. It works for stings. It works uh, – but there are other agents. Like even if you're thinking something as simple as a bug bite or a sting, there's topical agents now available. Hydrocortisone will work uh, um, if we think that Benadryl may be contraindicated. We just apply the hydrocortisone topically. It'll help with both the itch and the inflammation, right? So there, there are other things you could always – one of the things, you know, the listeners should be aware of, there are always options. There's, uh, there are many options for most of these conditions, and we can generally manage them if we have to avoid a particular agent. Okay, but I think uh, the key for a lot of people is, you know, the pharmacist isn't going to know what you're taking over the counter unless you tell him. Yeah, that's or very her. important. Uh, and, uh, you know, in Ontario, we're fortunate enough to have the medication review process as well. If you're sitting with your pharmacist discussing your, uh, your prescription agents, Make sure you bring up anything you're taking over the counter, including the herbal or homeopathic medications, vitamins. You'd be surprised how many prescription medications vitamins will interact with. Really? And the way they interact is not is they bind the medication, right? So vitamins, the way they're very sticky. So at certain ages, like calcium and vitamins, magnesium, they'll stick to things like thyroid medications, right? And, they'll, and what does that mean, stick to them? So they'll, they'll bind them in your stomach if you take them around the same time, right? And yeah. then the medication doesn't get a chance to get absorbed. So you won't get as high a level of, say, the thyroid medication in, in your blood. And, and what happens is... Uh, you know, you could be doing this and you're saying, oh, my thyroid levels aren't improving. And, and really, it's because of the drug interaction, not because the medication is not working. And, right? and wouldn't your doctor have told you this, that that if you're taking this thyroid medication, don't take calcium or they, don't take whatever They vitamin? generally will tell you. They don't always. The pharmacist should tell you as well. But a lot of times, to your point, we don't know what we don't know, right? So if you go out there and buy a multivitamin on your own and we're not aware of it, you know, you could easily be taking to iron's another one. Iron does the same thing, uh, binding. Multivitamin does it. A multivitamin. Everybody takes a multivitamin. Absolutely. So that's why it's important if you're taking a multivitamin. Let your pharmacist know. Vast majority of patients may be on a drug that's not implicated in that. But if you're on, like, say, thyroid or a few of these other drugs, you know, some of the medications for uh, osteoporosis, they're they're known to cause this problem, right? So um, it's important it's important that you're aware of it. So you're at least separating them. You're not taking them at the same time. Okay. So you so if you take them at a different time, if you kind of space it out, then, then you're okay. And that's for that specific for how long? drug and drug. Usually, I say an hour. You know, if you take, that's no big deal. Yeah, if you separate them by an hour, you're 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 all right. Yeah, by no means am I saying don't take your multivitamin. It's for certain medications you want to spread them out, and that's important. 
Mm-hmm. And is that, would you say, the most common thing that people are not aware of? Yeah, that's one of them. There's so many potential oh. interactions, but that that's uh, one of the, one of the, definitely one of the more common ones. You know, other things that will do that are antacids as well. So patients will take antacids. You'd be surprised how many uh, prescription drugs they they interact with as well. For the same reason, they they contain calcium. Uh, some of them even have magnesium, and they'll they'll bind those agents, right? And so. The anti the antacid will work, but the other drug won't. You got it. Yeah. So the antacid will still have its clinical effect, but uh, it may be binding up your prescription medication, and that could cause a problem. Which meds does it uh, interact like that with? Well, there's so many that potentially could do that. The more common ones are things like the thyroid pills, uh, um, uh, osteoporosis meds. There's a bunch of uh, meds. That, most of the meds that you're told to take on an empty stomach may potentially be implicated as well. So um, there, there's quite a quite an array of them, and that's. That's why it's important to talk to your pharmacist. Even for us, I mean, we don't memorize every single drug interaction out there. We have software that helps us as well because as uh, uh, the number of medications patients take uh, increases, the potential inter- interactions go up exponentially as well. Right? Oh, okay. So that's great if you've got software so you don't have to rely oh, yeah. on like, somebody think, being up, up to date and on their game. Yeah. <laughs> like I think I think it's always up to the pharmacist to make to, to report what's clinically appropriate. The, the software will, will, will shoot back a lot of things that a lot of times we know aren't very significant, but it's there as a second check for us as well. Okay, John, uh, we have to take a quick break. Before we go, I'm going to give the numbers again. I'm here with John Papasturgio, one of our trusted contributors from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and we're talking about drug interactions and particularly interactions between things that are over-the-counter that you might not tell anybody you're taking and your prescription meds. And those numbers are 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we will be back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, John Papasturgio. We are talking about drug interactions, particularly drug interactions between over-the-counter drugs and prescription meds. And we're going to go right to the phones. We've got Ida in Mississauga. Hi, Ida. Hi, again. Um, And I'll try and clean up my act here. Um, What I do, Libby, is I have a list of all my scripts. It indicates what I'm taking, why I'm taking it, the doctor I'm taking it from, mm-hmm. I go to the same pharmacist for everything, and I keep that whole list. And when I go to the dentist, the eye doctor, the whomever, I always hand them out this list of everything so that there are no, you know, my trying to remember what I'm taking or whatever, whatever. And they do appreciate it. Um, it's easy for me to do on the computer, uh, Maybe not all Zoomers have computers. However, they can um, just write them up so everything is concise and neat and clean and uh, there are no chances of um, probs. Okay. Great. That's a great strategy. If you if you visit your pharmacy and you request a medication list like that, they'll provide you with one. They'll give you one as a as a you know as at the end of your medication review yeah, as well. Yeah, they've you know what they've done that, but it's 
uh, too much information. Yeah, so just I mean, really okay specific to what you need. Yeah, if I you want a smaller list. I just hand to, um, a, to um, let's say, my eye doctor or my whomever. Here's the list. In fact, I had to go in for a physio the other day, and uh, are you on any medications? And boom, here's the list. There you go. Yeah, it's always important to keep and a list on And they were just, you. like, wonderful. Even if you're traveling, that's another, you know, important thing to take. Make sure you take a list of all your medications. You mentioned another very important point there, and I think it's sticking to one pharmacy. You kind of touched on that. Um, When we're talking about drug interactions, if uh, the pharmacy has your entire medication profile in front of them, the pharmacist has that available, they're going to be able to answer questions much more easily. So I always recommend stay to one pharmacy, get to know your pharmacist, and build that relationship. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of good sense. A lot of sense because we'll get I'll get people walking into my store with questions all the time, and then I don't have a complete record. It makes it difficult to give, give good answers sometimes. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's also, I mean, that's for people who are abusing drugs, that's also a strategy. They yes. go to different doctors. They go to different pharmacists. And yeah, they, they it's do It's deliberate. That. They do it very deliberately. We, we, we have a challenge with that as well. Uh, fortunately enough now, at least with uh, Ontario Drug Benefit, we know with certain medications, if they're being filled elsewhere, our system alerts us to us. And that's relatively new, but it's been a, it's been a big help, actually. Uh-huh. Um, it's very interesting because uh, uh, this week uh, there was also news about some changes to opioids, to drugs that people can get addicted to. Yes. Yeah, so uh, it looks like some of the uh, uh, the higher-dose opioids, fentanyl patches, uh, they're, they're no longer going to be covered by Ontario Drug Benefit. Um, if, you know, to the listeners, if they're on any of those medications uh, or they're not sure if they're on them, speak to your pharmacist because... I think it's important to be proactive. Those are, those are a class of medications we're going to have to like transition patients to other things unless, um, uh, you know, as one of the, as one of the options. So it's uh, the more time the pharmacy has to kind of deal with that, the better, I think. Well, that takes, it's supposed to take effect uh, January 2017. Um, you know, there are a lot of issues with this. I was talking to the uh, head of the palliative care section of the Ontario Medical Association, uh, he will be on Zoomer Week in Review uh, in case anyone out there is is interested. But in terms of palliative care, and I know a lot of people out there have loved ones, uh, you know, or if you've ever had loved ones at the end of life, uh, that is often the time when you need big doses of of painkillers just to keep you comfortable and to alleviate some of the suffering. And, and uh, this new change might be, you know, a problem. Yeah, so I mean, there's going to definitely be, I think, uh, special circumstances where we're going to have to figure out how we're going to address some of these challenges. But uh, um, I think given the information we have right now, anyone out in the community that's on these meds uh, or is not sure, talk to your pharmacist and let us know early enough. So we, like in my pharmacies, we're already thinking about, you know, contacting some of these patients proactively and seeing how we're going to deal with it. Sounds like a good idea. We're going to go to the phones. We've got Gloria in Brampton. Hi, Gloria. Hi. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm calling with a question. My, my eye doctor put me on Presovision for, he didn't say I had immaculate generation, but he see a little bit of signs. Okay, so the, you, you mean the multivitamin, right? Yes, the multivitamin, yes. Okay. The eye vitamin mineral supplement. Good. Yeah. Good. Now, is this, um, do this have any, like, um, side effects? 
No, so that so those uh, that's just a special formulation of vitamins and minerals that we know are are there to help eye, with eye health, right? Uh-huh. And uh, and they, if you you start it early enough, it really does help slow or prevent the the uh, the deterioration or the development of the macular degeneration, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, generally, when you start that regimen, you know, the first few days, you could get a, a little bit of stomach upset, and that's normal with any multivitamin, really. Yeah. That will tend to disappear. Beyond that, uh, uh, you should be fine. But, you know, our topic today, drug interactions, there are minerals in there. So if you're taking other medications, uh, like some of the ones we talked about, thyroid. Yeah, I take, like, um, the B vitamins, and I take uh, aspirin, 60, um, 81 mil. You should be good with both of those, but uh, you know there are other uh, other ones that if you were taking that you know that uh, mineral or multivitamin uh, combination, I would it would be a flag to me to say, hey, be careful with some of these prescriptions ones. Let's space it out. But it looks like in your regimen, you're okay. You'd be okay with all of those. Okay. Okay. okay, thanks very much. No okay, problem. you're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. The numbers, once again, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I'm here with pharmacist John Papasturgio. We're talking about drug interactions. And uh, we're going to Bob in Mississauga. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, good. I, I just talked to Dave, your screener, and I made a suggestion that we have the pharmacist on Maybe it might be a good idea one Zoomer looking after another. If we have a particular pharmacist that we think uh, provides good service, maybe we could, uh, you know, give them a bouquet. And uh, <laughs> if a senior's out there looking for a pharmacist, maybe that would help them out. Okay. <laughs> well, sure. sure. We, we, we like that. bouquets. That's right. Um, Do you want the name of my guy? <laughs> sure. It's the Shoppers Drug Mart in the east end of Mississauga. It's 1891 Rathburn Road East. And the pharmacist, his name is Louis. Okay, so Louis is a good guy. I think I know Louis. Louis, Louis is the best, and the <laughs> lady who was there before him, I think she is a shopper's downtown now. Her name's Poonam. Oh, Poonam. Okay, they were they were both uh, both on their game. You go in there, you have a question, they have the answer, and uh, so for any any seniors that are looking for a good pharmacist, either one of them would be uh, a great choice. Not because they're at shoppers, just because you know. Their, their personality, they're knowledgeable people, they know what they're talking about. Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of, uh, you know, the, the pharmacists that I deal with, they're on their game, and it's not just the owner, but even some of the younger people working there. Um, you know, I I have to say, it's not that hard to find someone good. No, there's good pharmacists. I know. I've even known... the uh, even the interns that are that are there, you know, they're going to U of T and they're doing their pharmacology course. Even some of them, I'm surprised how much they know. Yeah, no, I've known <laughs> I've known uh, Poonam for years. Actually, she's a friend of mine. I, yeah. I'm I'm going to call her after and see if she paid you to put you up to this yeah. call. But, uh, <laughs> okay, uh, no, no, or no, if no, she's no, a relative. Yeah, she's your relative. <laughs> Is she a relative? <laughs> she, she she's awesome. And you know what? I, I'm not trying to. I'll pick a one particular uh, culture. Indian people. They are awesome pharmacists. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, it's good to know. And oh, I think in general, like work. like Libby was saying, I think uh, the pharmacist community uh, as a whole, they're you know. They're really, uh, you know, they've gotten into the profession because they like to help people. They like to talk to people. And uh, and that's what we're there for, really. So it's to try to, you know, improve patient care, but also to help out our local community as well. Yep. Yep. And uh, as as I've mentioned here before, I remember the first time I saw this annual survey of, of professions that are trusted, and I saw that pharmacists were at the top. And I, I was frankly a little bit surprised because doctors are like 
down a little bit, four or five. Mm-hmm. And I rushed into my pharmacist. I said, hey, guess what? I get? I'm bringing you this news because I'm in the news business. And he said something like, oh, yeah, we've been at the top there for yeah, years. That's, you know? Yeah, that's one of the things we're very proud of. We've been at the top of the list forever. Yeah, so it's uh, it's good. But it really speaks to the relationship I think we build with our, our patients out there in the community. And I think it's very important. And, uh, you know, one of the uh, issues with, with doctors, and this is coming up a lot in different contexts lately, is the amount of time, like the 15 minutes and what can be done in the 15 yeah. minutes that you get and you're rushed and all of that. And uh, that's just not an issue with the pharmacist. No, and you know, one of the other big, big advantages is our, our hours of operation. We're open like, you know, my store's open till midnight. You could come in there and you could talk to a pharmacist at 11 o'clock if you need to. I mean, um, there's that, that access that we provide to the public that seems to be very valued. Okay. Uh, let's talk to Pat in Newmarket. Hi, Pat. I just like to ask the druggist about this gabapentin. I have a uh, sciatic nerve problem, which in turn I believe the doctor said has given me a bit of neuropathy, and she gave me this gabapentin, and she said it's great, it just makes you a bit drowsy. I went to a pharmacy, I didn't get it filled, and I said, what does it do? And the pharmacist said, well, it also makes your mind fuzzy for a while, but it comes out of it. No, I don't okay. want a fuzzy mind. No, it's, it's okay. So <laughs> gabapentin is actually a very commonly used medication, and we use it for neuropathy or neuropathic pain. So, you know, pinched okay. nerves is a good example. Uh, patients with diabetes will use it for uh, diabetic neuropathy that they may experience. Uh, um, it works very, very well. Uh, it can cause some drowsiness. That's why the way we, 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 we start uh, gabapentin is very, very specific. We'll start it at a lower dose and work our way up because different patients will tolerate it differently, right? So um, generally, we get a sense for how much drowsiness is causing or if it's causing any drowsiness. And then we titrate up slowly. You'll find that that kind of uh, sedative effect wears off with a little bit of time. But you're right. You don't want you don't want to be drowsy or have a hangover effect or something like that. Well, does it give me a fuzzy mind? Not, like, I mean, if you were taking a dose that wasn't appropriate for you, okay. like, you know, it might be too high. Yeah, sure, it could do that, right? But, I mean, the point is not to put you on that medication, manage your pain, and then give you a fuzzy mind. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna try to manage the pain without without the side effect, right? And that's why we we titrate it or move it up slowly. But uh, do you know what dose you're on right now? Oh, yeah, you never you never picked it up three times a day. That's very low, actually, for oh, gabapentin. Yeah, yeah. So because they can do a hundred, you know. <laughs> yeah, and if you want, you don't have to start at three times a day. Start at one once a day, move up slowly to twice a day, and then three times a day. Well, I how mean, long does it take before it actually works for what it's supposed to? do? Yeah, so that's a good question, Libby. And for neuropathy, it varies between patients, right? Neuropathic pain is one of those things that's very challenging to treat. Uh, uh, It it seems to be very patient-specific. Generally, I would give it at least a month uh, uh, to see if it's really having an effect, depending on what dose we start at. But for you, because you're concerned about the sedative effect, fill the prescription, start on a lower dose, and let's see what happens. If you don't get the the sedative uh, side effect, we'll, we'll, we'll move you up slowly. But it really will help with your neuropathy if it works in you okay. specifically. And the sciatic? Uh, the sciatica, yeah, okay, for sure. I yeah. take one Advil, I go to sleep. Yeah, no. So <laughs> let's see. Start, let's start, just start at a lower dose. Start at once a day. And I've had yep. patients that we've done that on and they've been fine. Okay. Okay. And I'm not diabetic, so. So, yeah, no, you, yep. should, be, you should be fine. We're using it for, yeah, sciatica and you, but it's also indicated for that. Yep. So no problem. Okay. Thank you very much. No problem. Okay. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Uh, that's interesting. So if you um, 
take less than a prescribed dose? Does it just take longer for it to build up and work, or how does it? How dep- do you- it really depends, right? So for pain medications, generally that that kind of holds, but there's certain medications. And uh, this has come up with other colors in the past. Don't reduce the dose on your own. Things like for stroke prevention, you know. There's certain medications, uh, anticoagulants. If you do that on your own, what you're doing is you're putting yourself at risk that the medication is not going to be doing what it's supposed to. And then, you know, you're potentially at risk for that adverse event down the line, like another stroke or, or an embolic event or something like that. So there's certain medications we're very comfortable doing that in. But other ones, you don't, you wouldn't do that in, especially if you're not being followed by a health Healthcare professional, right? So, uh, never reduce your doses on your own unless you talk to someone. That's a good general rule, I think. Yeah. Anything else before we go? I we think have, one last uh, thing we talked to. You know, we were going to talk a little bit about food interactions and and uh, grapefruit juice is something that I get asked oh, about wow, all the time. Yes. So I thought, let me slip it in before we go. Um, grapefruit juice can affect certain medications. By all means, not all of them. And it seems to have gotten out in the media there. So people have this, oh, I can't drink any grapefruit juice because I'm on certain medications. Uh, That could be true, but there's many medications that aren't affected. So things like, you know, um, uh, certain blood pressure medications can be affected, cardiovascular medications, antivirals. The vast majority of medications, though, are okay. So if you like grapefruit juice, you like to drink it, talk to your pharmacist. I'll let you know if it's okay with your medication regimen. Okay, another question to ask your pharmacist. And uh, that's it for our pharmacist for this week anyway. So thank you so much to John Papasturgio, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Nice to have you here as always. Great to be here. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.